You can get more traffic and more money with these Google concepts. Hi, I'm Jared Krause. I'm the host of the Buying Online Business Podcast. And today, I'm speaking with Morty Oberstein, who is the head of SEO branding at Wix.com. Currently, he also serves as communications advisor for SEM Rush and is dedicated to SEO education. Morty is one of the organizers of the hashtag SEO chat and the host of the SEO rant podcast, co-host of Edge of the Web and a popular industry author and speaker. In this podcast episode, I was delighted to speak to Morty about how he and Wix have structured their content on their homepage and on their sites and why we should model some of what they're actually doing with our content sites that we may be purchasing or already own. We also talk about how to make sure Google and your users can find your content. And we also talk about multiple different strategies in in ways of doing that, not just in internal links. We also talk about why ticking all the SEO boxes when you're creating content and growing your site is just simply not the answer. They can be important, but they're not everything. And don't live and die by the sword of that. We also talked about how to problem solve why your sites and pages were hit by a Google update if they were hit by a Google update. We also dive into Google concepts. This is a fascinating part of the discussion and the podcast that I had with Morty. And I really believe in a lot of the things that he believes in uh, around Google and concepts and algorithms and content for particular users that we're trying to target. And we talk about these Google concept concepts, what they actually are and how you can learn these to create better content than what Google and even your users expect. There's so much more in the podcast episode among those talking points I just mentioned. This is such an incredible episode. You're absolutely going to love it. But before we get stuck into the episode, I wanted to tell you that this podcast is not the only way that I can help you for free. I have my Doodles framework, which everybody has been raving about, which will help you with knowing what to look out for when buying a website, including questions you should be asking the seller and everything that you need to take the guesswork out of buying a business. To get that, go to buyingonlinebusiness.com forward slash free resources. And there's some other cool free resources on that page that you can check out too. Let's get stuck into the episode. Do you want to build or grow your content website? Niche website builders have helped hundreds of people to take their content websites from a few hundred dollars per month to over tens of thousands of dollars per month with crafted content creation, buying age domains, and link building strategies. These strategies have helped people increase their traffic, authority, monthly earnings, and their website valuation too. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash B-O-B forward slash to get 10% off any link building or 10% more from their content creation services. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob forward slash. I'll put a link in the description too. Morty, hello. Welcome to the Bob podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to this conversation. Like I just said, I've got some interesting talking points and questions. So um, I hopefully have some so, interesting answers. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure we'll just go down the rabbit hole with some some of the some of the questions uh, end up putting out there. But the first thing I wanted to mention was, you know, so many people listening to this are like, "Cool, Jared, I've followed your content for ages, loving it. Want to buy uh, a website? Usually, they start off." wanting to buy a content website because that can be the easiest one to move into rather than just going and buying an e-commerce business and having all of these jobs, wearing so many hats. And one common question when people buy a blog or a content site is, all right, so I've got these categories or this 
bunch of categories and there's a bunch of content. How do we work out if the the categories and the the flow of traffic is right? There's correct silos and stuff like that. So I'd love that this is not just a question, but it's more of a, a discussion or topic to bring up. How do you go about looking at a site and going, oh, like there's a lot of content here. We need to structure it a bit better for for Google and for the users. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you can you can go into this and make a you know some sort of really complicated analysis of like you know um, site hierarchy and does it work? I mean, the general the general hierarchy that Google recommends is a it's like a pyramid, right? So you start off with say your homepage, you go to maybe some category pages, and then you you dive deep into there. So let's just take like a I don't know like an example of uh, baseball. I'm a big baseball nut, right? So the homepage is baseball.com. And then you have all sorts of, of categories. You have, you know, I don't know, uh, analysis, stats, and, and, you know, teams. And under each, let's say under teams, you have, you know, all your blog posts about the individual teams under there. That's a general structure. It makes a lot of sense. It's very intuitive to users. I would say, like, look, not mm. not every website can be built that way. Some websites have a flight, flat hierarchy, and that's also fine. When you look at it mm. and you go to the website, does it pass the sniff test? Like, can I easily navigate it? Do I easily understand it? Does it make sense to me as a person? And if it does... For the most part, it should make sense to a, to a search engine. It's really not overly, you can make it overly complicated, but you don't have to. And so that's probably the, the easiest way to explain having your content easy to access for, for the search engine and for the user, or is it different at times? No, I, I think it's very much the same, right? You know, you yeah. have you have a folder, let's say you have a, you know, a folder with, it says resources. And there's just everything under the sun is in there. The knowledge base is in there. Uh, your podcast is in there. Your is it too much? Yeah, like maybe pull that knowledge base out. Just you know have a you know a separate button and you know separate tab menu item for help or whatever you want to call support. If the, if that if you yeah. feel overwhelmed with it, I'm not saying that Google will be overwhelmed and don't understand the site, but Google may not have the value that you want them to have from your website. In other words, if they go to resources and they see okay, so you have you know SEO podcast, SEO blog, SEO webinars. Okay, get it. This is SEO. This is active SEO content. You're going to get up-to-date information. You're going to get analysis. We get this. If the help center is in there, throws them off a little bit. Like, why Why is that here? What's this all about? This doesn't make intuitive sense. Got ya. Got ya. What I like to see and what I talk about with some of my clients when they have, it can either be a blog or, or, or an e-commerce business is not having too much going on when somebody goes to the site and like having so many categories in the top and so many things in the top navigation bar. Do you feel there are too many categories possibly and what amount does it start to become too many? <laughs> I don't know if there's a magic number, but yes. <laughs> right. By, by the way, so like, you know, quick way to <laughs> yeah. handle that if you don't want to throw it all in the main, if, if it's, you want it on the homepage, maybe you want the internal link there, whatever it is, but you don't want all those, put yeah. it in the footer. Just put it in the footer. You know, I see people yeah. do this all the time with products. I was talking to about this yesterday. They, you know, I, I don't know. I have all these products. I want to list them all on the homepage. But like someone goes to your homepage and they see all these products. First off, it's just overwhelming and it dilutes the, the actual power of the homepage. It's very, you know, mm. clear, distinct. What do you do? What problems do you solve? How do you solve those problems? I'm just overwhelmed by products. So just put a carousel of, you know, two, three of your most important products. You want to segue them into there. Same thing with categories. Mm. If you're just, if you're, if you're feeling like, Oh, I, I have this content. It's got to go somewhere. I'll just stuff it into the menu somewhere. That's not a good way. That's not a good way to do anything. 
Yeah, so I'll give you the case of, so what we're doing on our side with our with our SEO Learning Hub is that we have so many considerations that we're trying to accomplish, right? You're trying to, A, you know, okay, we're, it's an SEO Learning Hub, it should be SEO optimized, right? So we're trying to speak to, to Google. We have different audiences with different needs. So we have, for example, and we have multiple, multiple um, media formats. So we have, you know, podcasts, webinars, blog posts, uh, guides, all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to show all of that in one place at one time. And how do you go about doing that? So we had certain priorities. And I think it's what you have to do is say, okay, what are your priorities? So one of our priorities was, for example, every asset, whether it be the podcast, the webinars, or blog posts, or whatever it is, should be one click accessible above the fold, mm. right? And now you have other things. Okay, so now we want to have our latest post. We want to show that we're fresh. You want to show Google that we're fresh. We want to show our users that we're fresh and creating timely content. So we need to have something about like some kind of latest post thing. But we also have different kinds of content, you know, cornerstone content. We have, you know, the complete guide to Wix SEO. So if you're an, a Wix user, that's like the one piece you really need to read. Mm-hmm. That's got to be there somehow. So you can either have, a, we're thinking maybe put a button up there, to, you know, click to read the ultimate guide, or maybe do something like have editor's picks. And that does that one post is always up there in the editor's pick. So there's multiple ways we can get creative about thinking about how do you find ways to fulfill your priority list? without overwhelming people but that's so in our case that's basically what we did or are in the middle of doing yeah i like it i love it and basically from doing that you know when you've got like if you're just starting out it's the first time you're on wix and you want to you want to learn seo they start at the start of the journey and you give them exactly what they need where they're at in their part of the journey yeah like the they like the yeah i don't think enough people that own content sites and blogs Think about this when somebody comes to their site from a link from Google, um, they might type in a keyword, uh, they jump onto a website and then read that and they don't think about, okay, what's next? They've just consumed this piece of content. What's the next thing that they would probably go away and search and then have that in internal links or at the bottom of the page? And I don't think they do that well enough. And I think that's a, do you, do you find that the case too? Yeah, totally. Like, you know, I, I it's, when you go to say a, um, a hub or a blog, you go to the homepage of the blog and they have all the categories up there, but then you go to a particular post and then it's not there, right? So let's say it came the other way. So fine. I already saw the homepage. I know what's there. Mm-hmm. I'll go back. I'll find what I need. But let's say I come through a link from social media or I come through go- from Google or even through Bing. Um, let's not diss on Bing. Yeah. I come through and <laughs> I don't know what's on your homepage. I have no idea what's there. You got to give me some kind of context. I always argue about this on landing pages, right? Mm. You know, people, CRO people will always say, don't put navigation on landing pages. Have them come in, just make the click. Yeah, but let's say I, I look at the landing page and I'm like, you know what? I need a little bit more context. Where do I go? I have no idea. There's no navigation on your freaking landing page. And then you hit the exit tab on the, you, you click the close thing on the tab and you never know what the site was in the first place. Yeah, done. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, it makes no sense to me. Okay, you don't want to have it prominently there. You want to put it maybe you know to you know, m- remove a little bit of the opacity so like it's not in your face. Mm-hmm. But put some kind of context there. I don't think people do that well enough on on blogs at all. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I like it. Thinking about the journey of the user is not thought about as much by by site owners no and it's messy right people come Mm. in i think people think there's a funnel right they come in they go here then go there but in reality think about when you're buying a product Mm. i go here i come back i look again i come back again i check something else out i come back again i look at something else and it's really messy yeah yeah it is messy it's it's not 
it's not a, for the user it's not a linear journey so for example googling like the the best product of something because they want like a pair of ski goggles because they're going to the snow and they check out one article with you know five best and they check another article out with the five best and then they go away and look at a few different shops you know that are hosted on wix and then you know they, they come back and just compare all these ones through tabs it's just like that's why CRO is so important and having the right things in the right place on the page is so important, right? Yeah. I mean, even a blog, you go to the blog, you, you see a, you know, maybe a banner ad for, the, for that blog's podcast. Mm. User sees it, does nothing with it. A month later, you know, I really want to do a podcast about X. Oh, hey, I remember they go to your homepage now. They don't go back to your blog because then they can't find your podcast. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a site with your top five categories or five things on your, um, on your navigation bar. When you get to the blog, like say it's a blog that's in fishing, right? And it could be trout fishing, sea bass, tuna, mackerel, four different types of fish. They're the main categories. Like say you've got that like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles on your site. How do you make sure even the ones that you wrote a couple of years ago get seen? Is it is it internal links or is it just making sure that it's very easy for the user to see all of those articles when they hit the category tab or category link? Yeah, so I think there's multiple ways. Internal linking is a great way. If you have a really good post, one is that should naturally be linked to, yeah. right? If, yeah. I don't know, you, you're talking about sea bass, you're talking about like, you know, the, the five best tips on how to catch a sea bass. Mm. So every article, not every article being hyperbolic, but your articles around sea bass link, link to that. If you, if you have a top five tips about how to catch a tuna, Link to the sea bass article also. If you don't, you know, if you like this article, check out our one on catching sea bass. So that's a great way to do it. But also, again, you could do things like top picks, editor picks, you know, mm. hot picks, mm. must reads. There's all sorts of ways to push that 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 content there. Mm. Um, you can even look if you even if you just want to push that one post. Like, so just put. I, I remember, you know, a lot of blogs do this. On the side, on the right hand side of the of the blog is, you know, just a. a quick thumbnail with a bunch of posts yeah yeah put it there yeah it's great that's a great way to go yeah i want to i want to speak about something you mentioned on your podcast site and it's determining underlying casualty like this is moving into a different topic altogether but what do you mean and then we're going to go into some more philosophical things around google and, and stuff like that yeah perfect which is your jam it's more my jam i i believe in teaching philosophies which is similar to strategies rather than tactics and all these sorts of things yeah, yeah. Um, because those th those tactics are going to be gone and not it's not evergreen content it's not evergreen thing for people to going do. back to the fishing it's giving you the fish we're teaching you how to fish yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah uh, I, so i really resonated with some of your copy on 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 your site about your um your podcast and what you talk about so that's where my motivation for some of the topics that I've picked for today um, are coming from. But yeah, determining underlying casualty, causality. Yeah, determining underlying causality. What what does this mean in, in SEO terms? And for people that have, uh, okay. have this websites. Is, that's a really good question. Um, so there's there's two ways you, you can take this. One is like very like linear and straightforward. If you're looking at like what's say, preventing you from ranking. Mm. So sometimes the underlying causality is very linear. It's like I, I have no index the entire site. That is preventing you from ranking. <laughs> so I'm leaving that kind of thing aside for a minute. Your yep. the technical problems that you run an audit, you need to fix them, like not 
fundamentally talking about. There are more complex problems like canonical problems where let's say, for example, your your canonical tags, you're telling Google the primary content is really this page and not this page. And you're doing that in the wrong way too often. That can mess up your whole site. Yeah. But from a content point of view, well, and I think this really was really comes into focus, which is where my my jam is in the SEO world is under, you're not ranking well for a, for a keyword, let's say a really important keyword or, mm-hmm. or a topic, let's say for this particular topic, you're just not ranking well, or you used to rank well, but all of a sudden now you don't rank well. Yeah. What happened? Let's take the latter, right? You, you used to rank well, some other page replaced you and now you don't rank well. Mm. You used to rank number two and now you rank number 22. Yeah. Not great. What happened? And trying to thematically analyze as opposed to looking, okay, I, maybe I changed my keyword around over here or change an H1 over here, change my title tag over there. I'm not saying those things aren't important. They can have big impact, even mm-hmm. though that's not my general strategy. It's just, you know, yeah, let's fix the H1s <laughs> uh, and all your pages. It, it, that can move the needle. It's like, don't discount that. Changing an H1 can be a big deal. Keyword can though. Particularly in non-competitive areas. But um, what you fundamentally want to do is look and figure out what's the problem. And it's not usually one problem or you don't know the one problem. You know, there's a SEO's name is Glenn Gabe. He's a fantastic SEO. His approach is throw the kitchen sink at it. Find multiple underlying causalities. So I'll give you an example mm-hmm. of what I mean. There was mm-hmm. a, um, I was looking at one of the, it was the last Google Core update, which was when in May? Yeah, May. I think it was May. 2020. Yeah, the May 2022 Core update. Yeah. And there was, I think it was a Healthline page or a Very Well Health page. One of these, you know, big health websites. And they had a they had a piece on bipolar disorder. And they lost a lot of ranking. They went from ranking number two to ranking like number 10, which is really significant. It's not, not what you want. No. Um, and there was a, a page on the NHS that all of a sudden bumped up instead of them, kind of replaced them, like a swap on the SERP. Try to figure out like what was wrong with this page. And there could be multiple things. I'm just telling you one thing that I thought was wrong with the page, and I'm not crapping on the page. It was a, it's a pretty good page. Mm. It's fine content. But it, clearly there was a problem. Google had a problem with it. And what they did was, I forgot the exact terminology, but there's three different types or multiple types of bipolar disorder. And obviously a really important topic. You don't want to mess this up and nuance really matters. Correct. And, and the third category is one that, from what I can tell from reading, you know, the Mayo Clinic and WebMD and Harvard Health is a category that's like kind of, people aren't 100% sure is it really bipolar disorder or not. Okay. And the way that the sites that are ranking really well portrayed is exactly as that. There's this other kind of form out there where not 100% scientists are not 100% sure if this is really part of the spectrum of bipolar disorder or really something else, but here it is. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of you know put that caveat out there. Mm-hmm. The Very Well Health page didn't. And it just presented it. And it did it in prominent places like the subheading. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here are the three categories. This one is a, the third category, unequivocally. Yeah. So that's really like not not great. No. So that no. was like what and you and uh, finding that out is not. You have to read all the. It's not like skimming. You have to like read all the yeah, other pages. This figure is, out, okay. This is the best thing about. Sorry, it. I mean. Sorry, this is. The, I just sorry want to inject inject here because people that come in looking at this with a very technical. SEO approach are looking at, all right, what, what have they, like, are, are they just ticking all the boxes of the SEO stuff that you need to do for the, for the piece of content? Cause the great thing is you've got a comparable, right? If you've got a comparable, that's excellent. Um, and you can look at your one that's at 10 rank 10 there at two, 
So one went down, one went up. Why? And you just, most SEOs might just go, or people that are new to this just go, this is an SEO problem. And well, their belief would be that and just try and find out what they're doing and tick, start ticking all those boxes, this two page rank two one for their page rank 10 one to bring it back up. But they're not going, oh, hang on a second. How does Google view what, how they've written the content and how they've presented the content? And then how does Google want to present that to its users? So the one that was at yeah. two has been ranked at 10 now because you're con- you may be confusing the users with your content totally. versus the other one, which, which how, how that, do you that teach that to SEO. somebody? They just don't. This is ha- this is having a very different mindset around it, right? That's what, yeah. Well, that's what it is. Okay? It's first off, it's a mindset. Like mm-hmm. it's not a, a list. And I think sometimes SEOs pigeonhole themselves into thinking, yeah. okay, well, I only do technical SEO or I only do content SEO, so I'm only going to look at one area of the of the. I, look, I focus on content, mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not going to ignore the technical SEO. That's crazy. Yeah. But technical SEO should do the same thing. They shouldn't ignore the the content either. Mm-hmm. But it's very much a mindset. It's thinking, okay, like look. Google's pretty smart. Obviously, there's still an enormous amount of gaps. They're not perfect, blah, blah, blah. But they're pretty smart. I, I, the example I always give is for my cousin used to be the head of SEO at SurveyMonkey. So he used to live in Palo Alto. They used to have the self-driving Google car being tested out in his neighborhood. Mm. And he told me, Google, the car can tell when a squirrel jumps in front of it versus a person. <laughs> that's freaking amazing, phenomenal. right? Yeah. A, in and of itself, that is amazing. Yeah, that's phenomenal. But So you mean to tell me like the company that can do that can't understand like, you know, this word on your page well enough. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's right. So it's approaching it. Google's a complex beast and having the mindset that in order to like, reverse engineer what Google's doing, you have to think a little bit, them- I call it thematically thinking about your content mm-hmm. and what are the, the latent signals that you're, you're sending off in your content to users. You're probably also giving those off a of search engines mm-hmm. or at least Google. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I did see you write about that's how you thematically look at and digest problems um, through that through that lens and and use that as a strategy, um, which I was gonna I was gonna bring up for discussion as well. I want to talk about concepts. So Google concepts, right? Um, that you teach and talk about, for example, like SEOs love to focus on things like the ranking factors and, you know, these things, you know, ticking boxes and stuff like that, LSI keywords and, you know, blah, blah, H1s, 2s, all these. Not a thing, by the yeah, way. Yeah. LSI yeah. keywords don't exist. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk about, let's, let's bookmark some LSI stuff and then let's come back to, let's, let's go to the concepts okay. and then we'll come back to the LSI keywords. That sounds I'll, fine. Yeah. So yeah, tell us about so, some yeah, th- some concepts, some Google yeah. concepts that you'd like to explain. So it's very very similar to what I mentioned before, right? So Google, look, Google has a really complex algorithm, and they're trying to understand content and websites the way that people might. Mm. So it's really just trying to see what they're doing in terms of that and pulling out um, insights. So for example, I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head. Uh, tone, right? So you and I understand tone. Like see if I'm like, you know, kind of annoyed at you, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Google does the same thing. So one of the things that I think an SEO concept that you should focus on, this is what machine learning fundamentally does, is that it profiles language. And I think it's something that SEOs don't talk about. We talk about language, we're talking about keywords. Like forget your keywords, carry your keywords. Um <laughs> like by the way, the page that replaced the the very well health page I was talking about didn't contain the keyword at all. Like that phrase at all was not on the page. 
didn't exist. This excites me. Still understood what it was. This this really excites me because um, it's just going to make people. It's going to. It's going to. Not that I want to stuff up a lot of SEOs, but it's it's going to allow people to drop the whole super technical check the boxes as an SEO and create content for humans. I, 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 I'm look, look, sometimes the keyword matters, right? You can find these gaps. Like for my podcast website, I put the word best. I literally have like a blurb. Like, did I put the word best here to see if it'll help my rankings? Yes, I did. Yeah. And it did yeah. because Google has a gap there and that's fine. Google's not perfect yet, but as a concept, overly, people are overly focused on keywords. They get hung up on keywords. See what, you know, our user base always has questions about keywords. I'm always imploring them just write naturally. What other words are you going to use other than the keywords? If you're writing to your users in a, quality manner yeah it's kind of like lsi keywords is, is, is a form this is a fancy form or updated version of keyword stuffing from back in the day basically yeah <laughs> and they don't exist and google says like those are not a thing at all it's something like thing from the 80s what are you guys talking about mm. stop um but as a concept you're google's looking at your website and profiling it in a lot of different ways it's profiling so like for example if i've seen pages where i think um going back to 2019 with this one in the september 2019 core update one of the cool things I saw with that one, and Lily Ray happened to see something very, very similar at the same time, which is another great SEO. We should follow her. I think it was might have had Google. Her on the it was podcast, a to be honest, Lily Ray. She lives in New York. She lives in New York. She's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she's been on. I forget what episode number. Uh, yeah. she's awesome. great. She's a so, great human being. She's amazing. Yeah. So one of the things that I saw was it was a bunch of pages around business loans and there was a lot and some of the pages that lost rankings they were it was an informational page even though it's a landing page people make the mistake all the time mm. for something like a loan or something like, i don't know heart attack prevention yeah you might have a landing page there but you gotta be really informational because you're really messing around with people's you know their financial health and their literal health and whatever case you're taking here yeah and a bunch of these pages are putting content in like, you know, a small business loan is, you know, a lifesaver. It's a classic. And Google profiled the language. Obviously, it can't understand tone the way where I saw that and I cringe as a used car. But Google does it by profiling language types like, oh, they put language in that according to our profile is overly marketing on an informational landing page. Yeah. And Google does this all of the time and literally... It's what machine learning is built to do. It's built to create a profile around language and then match up its profile to what you're doing on your website. And if you don't match up, you're, well, you're screwed. Phenomenal, phenomenal. So do you think Bing is looking at the same, con like trying to catch up to Google with the same sorts of concepts? I think Bing sometimes in a weird way is ahead of Google when it comes to machine learning and AI because mm. it's Microsoft mm. and they've been doing this for a long, 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 long time. Mm. And a lot of the things around implementing MUM is one of the new uh, machine learning properties. Bing's been doing that for a while now. Google is also doing it now. So there's a lot of cool things that Bing does. You could see it in how they in how they construct their results page or their SERP. They have all sorts of really cool things going on. And I think they're very ahead in the machine learning game. I don't know what it is about them. I, I, I'm not on that level that makes it that they just don't have the same kind of quality results I think Google has. Yeah. Okay. I know people might argue, you know, Bing is just as good or Bing is better. But when I've used it, I've had a harder time. That's just me personally. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, you know, it's universalize like Apple Bing user and versus I'm not Android to user. Yeah, it's, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think in some ways, like, for example, I'll tell you one when the Bing is ahead and you see Google doing this now. So featured snippets. So when you Google something, you Google, I don't know how to change a tire and Google has a whole like, you know, step one. 
Step two, in a, and then they have a URL at the bottom of that little box. Yeah. Bing has had a format for years where they're showing you multiple answers in a carousel. So it's like multi-perspective mm -hmm. answers. And Google has been, over the recent months, testing out formats like that. Yeah. So And, and Bing, Google will steal a lot of the way that Bing constructs its results page all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, guys. So, yeah, keep note. Bing, Bing can be good. Now, still, still coming back to concepts, right? These could be Bing concepts. They could be Google concepts as well. How would you go about, I have some ideologies of how I would sort of try and teach somebody to look through the lens and look for concepts um, and possible future concepts that would, would Google and Bing would use. But how would you, if you were to explain to somebody like, hey, like, yes, you, there's some boxes that you need to tick with the SEO and keywords are important and, you know, having your content laid out the right way and it being great content's good. And there's a bunch of those things, but also how would you, how would you share or, or try and instill in somebody how to understand thinking about concepts? Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's a good question because how do you tell somebody, how do you, you know, there are people who are very practically minded and that's a good thing and they should be doing X thing. And there are people who are more conceptually minded and they should be doing Y thing. Mm. So I think there's a natural inclination there. I don't think like, you should do what's good for you and how you operate. But mm. if you are asking me as somebody who's already has that inclination, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I can just tell you what I do. Yeah. And you can say if that works for you or not. Yeah. Um, one is I try as much as I possibly can to keep up to date on what's happening and then trying to read between the lines. Like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So for example, I'll give you a good example. Um, Google has a type of update called the product review updates. And it's basically looking to see for pages, specifically product review pages, how good are these reviews? Are, are people actually using the products they're reviewing and those kind of things? Mm -hmm. They made an announcement or someone asked them a question maybe a month or two ago. Uh, is this only in English or does this product review update apply to other languages? And Google said only English. And like, okay. Mm. So that was like a light bulb moment. Why is it only English? Mm. Like, why wouldn't I do it in all languages? Mm. Why wouldn't you do it in all, all languages? And to me... And this is where you're getting your creating a theory and it's basically it's an intuition based on a lot of other things that are going on. I'm not saying this in a vacuum. It's based on an analyzing a bunch of the previous updates. But what I think is going on is that Google is trying to profile language around review content. For example, going back to an earlier point, if I actually use a product, I'll use a different language structure than I would if I didn't actually use a product. So if I didn't use a product, you'll do something like, you know, pro um, it vacuums rugs really well and you'll leave it at that. If you actually use the product, if you're writing good content, you'll tend to modify that statement. Like, yeah. it's great on rugs except for pet hair. Yeah. Yeah. And that except is a modifier and a different language profile. Why is Google only working in, in English? Because it's currently still building the model to profile language. So number one is basically to keep up to date with where Google Google is heading. To be honest, I don't I don't like I'm not an SEO and I don't, you know, stay up to super up to date with like all the things that are happening and what's coming down with the pike with SEO. I speak to a lot of great SEOs like yourself and Lily Ray and I pick up a lot of great things, but the way I see it is that if I can put myself in the shoes of the user for Google or for Bing, how could I create the best possible content, the best possible site structure, internal links, all these sorts of things for me and make it so good that it's better than I could have expected as a user when I go to the site. And 
looking at it through that lens, then I would understand, I would see that Google would like to optimize for that as well. Yeah, that's the way I would like I I I sort of perceive it is like if there was a concept on how to try and think about how Google would reward my content and my site with rankings and traffic is make just the make the content like better than what the user could expect like go above and beyond yeah and and how could google not put that in front of people like it'd be hard for them not to amazing amazing um and whilst we were chatting i pulled up um lily ray's episode it's episode 164 and how's this for a clickbaity title why deleting content can win you more traffic with seo <laughs> so go so guys guys go and check out that podcast episode, episode 164, but also make you sure che- you check out Morty's podcast as well. There'll be links to that in the show notes. For those of you who are listening, thank you so much for listening. If you are going to own a content website, make sure you listen to this again. If you know somebody else who is going to own a content website, either they've got one or they're about to own one, make sure you share this podcast episode with them. Yes, selfishly, it helps me and Morty help more people but it's, you're, you're helping people directly as well by sharing this with them. So thanks again, Morty, and thanks everybody for listening.